For the 187th time, this is Seeing the Elite in AEW podcast. I'm your host, Bryce Reed. I am joined by my friend, my co-host, my tag team partner, Mr. Jonathan Davis. What are we talking about wrestling this week? What did I say? You did the full, the old intro. <laughs> oh, did I? Wow. Oh, you got to leave that in uh, now. Whatever. No, it's in. It's in. Uh, we're going to, you know. Uh, we didn't do an episode last week. It was my birthday on Wednesday, and uh, there wasn't a reasonable time. I live far enough away from my family that it's a hassle to get there, but close enough that I don't have an excuse not to visit. Yeah. On my birthday. And all uh, last weekend, last Sunday, was Chief Intern's birthday, but that was mm-hmm. that wasn't happening. Yeah, double birthdays. There's so much to talk about. You wanted to, you and I are both at annual review time, and you wanted to talk about annual reviews before we get into the other thing. Yeah, because I'm I'm curious, like what it's like in, in your industry, because at least for me, I had to write my own. <laughs> so the way we did it in my industry is I do a self appraisal of how I think I did, uh, based on like uh, I think these four goals. Or actually, right. it's two goals. Like, uh, so Myers, like, uh, name two thing, two to three things that you think you did well this year, and one or two things you think went poorly this year. Right. Uh, so shit like that, and then I turn that in, and then my manager comes back and then basically recites the same thing to me. Yeah. And says, "I yeah, I think you did a good job on all this. Oh, keep up the good work. Here's your raise." <laughs> um, for me. In my industry, it it works differently than that. It's done verbally in a sit-down. Now, that might be not the way it's done everywhere. But it's particularly bizarre in my industry because, like, if you are struggling with a particular thing, like, they tell you uh, yeah. every day. Yeah, yours is more, like, constant feedback. Yeah, the feedback is so constant that the idea of having an annual review almost seems like something that is done because that's what you're supposed to do at a job, right? Uh, It doesn't feel like anything that has much of a practical purpose outside of you're supposed to do it because big corporate companies do it well, see, and that's, they're successful. Well, that's why I was like, when you brought it up, I was just so wildly confused because I never put two and two together that like as a, as a chef, you would have annual reviews. <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. Cause it's crazy because again, if you're like, I particularly struggle with uh, cleanliness and organization. I'm fast in the kitchen. I have a reasonably good attitude. I show up every day sober um, you know, all of these things are, are really important and great qualities for a chef. Uh, but cleanliness and organization uh, are are struggles for me, and always have been, regardless of what type of work I am doing. Uh, and so, e- like, not a day goes by where that isn't addressed, like, bro- obvious, and addressed, and yeah. brought up, and stuff like right. You know, so like. There's always somebody saying you got shit everywhere, man. (laughs) Right. Like clean this, you know, like try and make this less jazz, please. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, uh, and so, yeah, having an annual review to talk about that stuff is weird, but it's good. You know, it's good to like some of the other things that they have you reflect on, you know, this sort of bigger questions of like, where do you want to be in five years? Or whatever, which, you know, also at this level is really stupid because it's like, I don't know, making more money, you know, like I, I, it's, I, I, it's a, this, I have this job because I would, I would be awful at a desk job. Well, I mean, with, with, with being a chef, it's kind of everybody, I mean, like at least I'd say 95% of people are going to have the same answers. Like, yeah, I want to be the head chef somewhere. Duh dumbass yeah but uh, well and that would be a place where i would probably be in the minority on that one like there are so many people who do this job where this is their art form this is their passion this is what they're all about i'm not that dude i've never been that dude i like cooking i can do cooking you know uh fairly well (laughs) uh 
and I have to stand the entire time I'm cooking so I can't fall asleep doing it. Uh, these are like the major reasons why I've chosen this as a profession. The other big reason I've chosen this as a profession is that if I don't want to ever enter a classroom again, I don't have to. And if I never sit in a classroom again, my entire life, it will be too soon. Like, um, I mean, like at most, you're going to have to watch like a video on how to use a new piece of equipment. Yeah, Maybe. You know, but even then it's like someone will show you, Yeah, you know, and so I just, I'm not that guy I fucking hated academia when I went through it the first time. I would not like doing it again. Um, oh yeah. No, it just never again. And, but for me, you know, like I am that person who I recognize that I have a job because the head chef does not have four hands, only has two hands. <laughs> And that's okay because that's great job security. He's never going to suddenly have four hands. If, if um, he does, he's not coming back. <laughs> right. He'll go get an even better job. I don't want to be head chef at all. You know, and there are a lot of people. I mean, there are people who are who do hang their hat on it who probably wouldn't want to be head chef at that place anyway because it's a, it's a huge operation. But uh, I do this for money. Is my job. I do it for money, you know, and a lot of my reviews when I've sat down for annual reviews before I've been like, you know, like, what do you want to do? What do you want to learn? And I'm like, I want to learn whatever you want to teach me to like and have me do so that you feel like you should give me more money because I do this for a, a li this is my job. Like, I don't go home and think like, what if we did? What if we, uh, uh, deep fried a fondant potato, you know, like I'm like it never enters my mind. I want to come in. I want to do enough of a good job that people don't hate me. I want to make my money and I want to fucking go home. That's the other great thing about my job is that I go home and I do not have to think about it until the next time I am there. It's over. It's done. It doesn't follow me. Chef's kiss. Wonderful. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, so my reviews end up being probably different than most people who's like, I'd love to learn how to work the other stations, uh, blah, blah, you know, and I'm like, yeah, teach me the other stations if you want. If that makes it easier for you to keep me here or whatever. Right. And that makes me more valuable. But at the end of the day, like, I just... I I don't come here. My my ego is kept in a box over here, way far away from this job. I don't let I don't let them touch each other because I, I it's it's whatever. I do this for money. It's a job, you know. Um, and I think that that person, I think the person who looks at that looks at our business that way. Um, I wish there were more people who looked at our business that way and didn't look at it as like, this is my passion or whatever, because there's only so many of those fucking dudes you need in the kitchen. And honestly, it's pretty much just the dudes who write the dishes and that's their job is to write the dishes. Those are the dudes, you know, your chef and your chef de cuisine, like those should be the dudes who are like food, my passion, you know, and everyone else should be like, what do you want me to make? Yeah, <laughs> like that's I don't know. That's how I've always felt about it. It's just that there's at times a little bit too much um, passion, and it lets people get taken advantage of too much too. It, yeah, it really does. Is I was like, know. oh, you you're passionate about this. How can I benefit from this? Oh, you have all of these new dishes you've created. Oh, okay, these are good. We'll put them on a menu. Thank you. Right. They're now mine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll put them on the menu and uh, it will be reward enough for you that we put them on the menu, you know? Yeah. Which like, or it, it will be reward enough for you that we put your name on the menu, you know, and stuff like, like that sort, those sort of uh, carrots and stuff that they do nothing for me because I do this job for money, you know, and that's, I think that's good. <laughs> I think that's a good outlook to have on your job. Like, 
Um, there is so much to talk about. I do we want to talk briefly about Revolution because I actually watched Revolution. I haven't finished uh, first, it yet. You haven't finished it? It's been uh, so long. Yeah, I've got a lot of shit going on. I haven't. Fit. I'm, <laughs> I just have the Iron Man match left, but <clears throat> everything I've watched of, I've le- I've really enjoyed. Yeah, I thought it was good, man. I thought it was. I don't know. I fall somewhere in the middle on it. I know a lot of people who were like top to bottom best AEW pay per view ever, and I'm like, I don't know where you're getting that from. I don't. Um, I don't. I wouldn't. Go, well, I, you know, with the caveat of I haven't watched the main event. Um, right. I don't know if I'd go that far. I'm it's top five. It's a good one. It's sure. very solid. Like I'm not I haven't been at a point where I have no other okay, other than the casket match, I I skipped that one and I just because I, I just can't watch that right now. Um <laughs> Um You know, everything else has been really solid, a really good match, and I've enjoyed what I watched. It's not like a oh, I want to skip this because this is boring as shit. Right. Um, yeah, I, I think the main event is what makes, um, makes that show and probably brought out a lot of the reactions that it ended up getting after the show came out. Sure. Uh, is that the main, the main event was amazing. Um, if you haven't seen it, we won't harp on it. It is, uh, something that's absolutely worth watching and it is funny, you know, uh, MJF had his amazing scrum right after that. Uh, he, where he 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 legit though got to he's got to stop fucking with randos. No, I love that in the crowd. Oh, man. So many people complaining about that kid getting what he thought was water thrown on it. Yeah, it ended up being vodka, but like, lady, like, eh. <laughs> it's just not worth it. First trouble. of all, why are you housing vodka sitting there with you? Whatever. Anyway. Oh uh, well, no, more I want to know is how are you getting vodka still? Because don't they cut that off after? You know, hockey games, you can't get alcohol after the second intermission. So it's like... That was a lot of vodka to have in a clear cup like that, too. I don't... Whatever. Yes, he's clearly been talked to about fucking with randos. The people who said that there was no reason for it and it completely lacked psychology are out of their fucking Oh, I don't... I I agree with that. And didn't watch it. There absolutely was a reason for it. He went into the crowd and fucked with the kid because his whole thing with Brian was like... Fucking with his kids. It's irresponsible that you continue to wrestle because I'm going to injure you and you're not going to be able to hold your kids. So he... Like, he did the thing and then he straight up looked at Brian Danielson as he did it it he specifically messed with a child because he was trying to like there was a reasoning and psychology behind it it wasn't him doing an unmotivated act of being a dick heel like there was a point to it oh yeah i'm I'm in full agreement on that i'm just saying like if you're gonna do it there's just use a plant yeah i mean sure i agree to a certain extent it's just the kid got water thrown on him like i you know yeah whatever but can we like can we back up and be like whatever like i understand i'm not a parent and that's where this divide lies for the most part like most people who are parents would be like no completely inappropriate shouldn't have done it most people who aren't parents are like it's water dude chill uh and i fall on the side that i'm on obviously but i you know i'm like the kids he's gonna be fine He's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. It's, but it's more just that is unnecessary controversy. Because you you like Yeah, I mean write it on write it on MJF's gravestone. Unnecessary controversy. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Too. Like, like, especially <laughs> some of the promos he's been cutting like yeah, that's yeah. that's fair. I mean, this is the guy who uh, you know, talked about uh, driving drunk and Kidding. moving his girlfriend into the driver's seat and shit, you know, and getting like, uh, a, a car blowy, yeah, right, yeah, on TV. So like, the, this is the man that we're talking about for sure. I mean, that one did um, kind of backfire on him since his, you know, his fiance broke up with him. <laughs> if people are, uh, you know, and, and people are upset because it technically qualifies as assault to a certain extent, and it does. I mean, it does, but it's also the kid got water thrown on him. I have been 
I have had so much fucking beer thrown on my head at punk rock shows. Well, that's also the the understanding it's of fine. hey, dumbass, if you're gonna crowd surf, don't go get another beer. Well, sure, yeah. That I, look, I agree with all of that, but I'm saying just sitting in the crowd as a spectator, beer bathed, or more you, times than I can count on two hands. Were you so, at the show, it, at the Throwdown show that Darkbuster played? No, I was at the one that Sam Blackchurch played. I didn't get beer blasted on that one. I had the dumbass lead singer trying to stand on my face. The dumbass lead singer stood uh, somehow stood on my pants at that show. We can talk about that was the Sam Black Church singer. He he climbed into the crowd in the most awkward way, and his shoe caught the waistband of my pants and pulled my pants down. That was as that was just the most like. That guy was a dickhead. That was a dickhead. That that whole show was very weird. That was yeah. also not a good experience for me. That was my first throwdown. Not the first show, but like the first weekend. That's how I'm ending the weekend. And I was like, man, I if I had not gone back to the buck and hanging out with people, I would have like said, I'm not sure I want to come back to this. Yeah. Not a good vibe. <clears throat> no, it really was Black Church at that it was not a great selection for the vibe at all. Uh, didn't didn't match up with the vibe at all, and the guy seemed like he was on a lot of cocaine. Yeah, something. He had a weird energy to him, like an energy that he was not pleased to be there, uh, or that he resented. Uh, like their success, I guess. Their success, it, you know, like because they're so- uh, softer, whatever. It was very. It was not a good feel to the whole thing. Um, but the other big fight that I did see was uh, the fight between uh, Adonis Creed and Diamond Dame, uh, which so many went to see at the theaters. Highest grossing opening weekend for a Rocky series film ever. I think Rebound um, Week, too. Yeah, big week this week as well, uh, which is great. The movie itself is really really good um i will say you know the elephant in the room is stallone not being involved and yeah there were there it was you know the movie felt fine without it especially because i knew it wasn't going to be there going in but yeah there were several times during the film where i was like it's weird that there's not like a phone call something at least you know like it's not weird that he's not here. He lives in Philadelphia or Ontario at this point with his uh, uh, his kid and his grandkids, right? No, uh, he's in Tulsa. Well, I guess he's in, yeah, he's in Tulsa. Remember, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I finished that too. That was great. And um, so, but there were several times during the film where it was like. You know, and as much as I like Duke, the 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 trainer, Lil Duke, the trainer for um for Adonis, you know, there were several times during the movie where he was giving pep talks to pep talk pep talks to Adonis Creed, and I was like, uh not to say be better if it was rock. Yeah. You know? Like be better if it was just Rocky doing this. It, it would yeah, because be I've heard you could very easily tell like those were the scenes that, or at least some of them that where they wanted Rocky in there, right? So it's and like, gonna, and it sucks, you know. But the movie itself is very well crafted. Uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan did a fantastic job um, with everything. The fights are a little weird, you know. The anime influence is super there. And it's cool that they went a little bit of a different direction with it. They kind of had to. They had to film this thing during quarantine um, to a certain extent still. Uh, we're seeing sort of the effects of that on films. And so a lot of times the uh, the crowds that you're seeing in the movie are full digital. And um, a lot of times you'll they will take a creative direction in showing 
the emotional character of a fight in a way that makes you go, oh, but this was also done for the sake of not having to have so many people here. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, you kind of lose like the a lot of the drama that you do like from Creed One. Yeah, and I guess they're they also made rather huge utilization of that. I don't remember the name for it. The Unreal Engine driven camera screen thing that they used on Mandalorian. Oh, uh, the the volume. Yeah, on they're probably going to end up using on basically everything now oh, because God, it yeah, yeah. looks way better than they, um, that thing than key just, replacement. Well, but. that thing just revolutionized the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Whole movies just filmed in one tiny soundstage. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I liked it a lot. I ended up seeing it twice. The first time that I went and saw it was at the, uh, the Nick down the street. And uh, that was uh, f- fun and fine. I mean, that's the, um, you know, the theater's kind of small and whatever, but it's, that's what's kind of nice about it is that uh, you're kind of tucked away and it's small and there's very rarely a bunch of people in the theater and it's not a madhouse or whatever. Um, and then the second time I saw it, I went to a dinner theater in my, uh, near my old hometown and that was an awful experience, not because of the movie. We get in there and uh, we watch through the the previews. Our food, like by the time the previews have finished, our food has basically already come at this point. The movie starts and immediately, because I've already seen the film once, I'm like, this is the wrong movie. Uh, <laughs> this is this is. This is either a new trailer that they forgot to run the green band before, or this is the wrong movie. And all of a sudden, Channing Tatum's voice comes over the speakers. About to watch Magic Mike. He's sitting out by the pool talking about dancing. He's God. like, "Let me tell you about. Let me tell you about dancing." Dude, so, so uh, we we, I, you finish your story, but we finished watching those three movies. <laughs> God damn, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> about a minute goes by and the screen just cuts to black <laughs> and they leave us sitting there for like five minutes with oh us wow being like what the fuck are we just and they eventually come in and they're like hey look the wrong movie was loaded into the projector and uh it's going to take us a little bit of time to get the movie changed over. I don't so here's I don't know if you know this or not, but projectors changed over about 10, 12 years ago from the old way that projectors work to uh these new DLP projectors. It was done in part <laughs> to uh to streamline the process and modernize the process, but mostly it was an anti-piracy measure. Um, and it was a, it was to limit um, the, the amount of honor system that had to be running in that business, basically about whether or not people were going to receive film reels back afterwards about whether or not film reels were going to be copied about how quickly things were getting to to pirated sources outside of the theaters and stuff like that. Bro, so I switched over to these. I thought this shit was all just computers now. It's not really. They switched over to these DLP projectors and now these movies arrive on hard drives basically okay. with the amount of showtimes that you licensed like hard coded into the hard uh, drive and then the hard drive like yeah. self destructs. Kind of sort of, it's just it term- corrupts itself yeah. when it's done running all the showings that you paid for, right? Yeah, basically. So, uh, first of all, the funniest part about that is that they they fucking lost a magic mic showing that they paid for to do that in this yeah. in this process because they fucking queued up the wrong film, um, which I'm sure they were not pleased about. <laughs> Uh, yeah. And the second thing that it well, means is it took them easily 35, 40 minutes to change fuck that. over 
to the other movie. And I felt like I should have been comped for the entire experience. They did give us like free come back to any movie you want, like admit one tickets, which would be fine. Except I was like, bro, I don't fucking live here. Yeah, fuck dude. that like, shit. Um, but no, yeah. man, they're, yeah, they, they probably pissed about losing Magic Mike because that's already on VOD. Mm. Um, yeah. And yeah, even more pissed. Uh, I'm, I'm the same way, man. If you're if you're making me wait more than five to ten minutes, like, no, just cancel it. Yeah. Give me a free ticket. I'll come back. Whatever. <laughs> so, Magic Mike, talk to me about it. Um, so, each of these three movies are drastically different. And I, I right. it actually works for the series very well. You know, the first movie is this like we oddly serious movie about <laughs> it really is about this. No, I just love that you stopped yourself from saying weird. Yeah, I did. <laughs> um, it's oddly serious movie about a, a male stripper and you know ends up being drug dealers. Right. And then the second one is when they lean full into like, yeah, we're male strippers. We're going goofy as shit. <laughs> and then this one is like okay so now he's you know quote old how can we make this like kind of legitimate and they they actually pulled off very well um i know that initially they had um Sandy Newton playing Selma Hayek's character and having seen that movie it wouldn't have worked like <laughs> he, you can that that character was written for Selma Hayek and it was it's just a great movie it's not um it's not a like a male stripper movie. It's like I cause like the plot of it is is more he's this last dance is him teaching a theater troupe in in the UK. <laughs> or it's not really theater, but more like just like um for musical dancing, like the theater, kinda like that. Yeah. Um and man, that the final number they do is that's fucking phenomenal. <laughs> I love that, man. Yeah, I you know, I uh it wasn't that I was uh I would have been adverse to watching Magic Mike uh, Last Dance although I hadn't seen the other two. It's just need that to. it was not the correct film. It's just the, yeah. not the correct film. <laughs> we were there to see to see Creed 3, which uh you know, I recommend if people haven't been out to see it, there's definitely going to be a Creed 4 at this point. Definitely probably going to be a 5 and a 6 at this point. Um I know at least 4. Unless Adonis Creed doesn't want to do it, uh, or Michael B. Jordan doesn't want to do it, but I can't imagine he wouldn't after the success that they've had with this one. Oh, he's they've already um, like greenlit for like before this one ever came out. You know, and I think, I think people are right about what the movie you know sort of benefited from. Like, I think it, I think the Rocky series was something a lot of people revisited during the pandemic because it felt simple, mm -hmm. you know, and it felt like it would be uplifting, you know, to see a, a dude fight in a boxing match and hopefully win, not knowing that, of of course, in the first one, he doesn't. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, and I think that's a lot of the reason why we're seeing the success with this one, too, is I, you know, I'm not full out being like the, the Marvel fatigue is real. I don't think the Marvel fatigue has as much to do with... um people being tired of superhero movies in general. I think people are just recognizing that the ones that have been coming out are not great. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that's certainly why I'm not going or, or why I haven't been to the last few is because I went to a handful of them after Spider-Man far from home and was like, man, you know, like I just, I'm not feeling it. Um, I think people are attracted to kind of smaller stories now that still ha still are going to have a, you know, a violent conclusion, a violent uh, uh, climactic ending, but maybe are not going to be a giant battle with thousands of CGI warriors on the screen at the end of it, which is, you know, seemingly what ended up happening, even with Ant-Man and... Uh, and Black Panther 2 and things like that, right? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that that's generally how I'm feeling about it is it was a solid film um, and didn't shy away from some of the core tenets of, uh, of what you'd be looking for in a Rocky film. I'm excited that they're going to continue with or without Sylvester Stallone. Um, 
you know, despite the fact that I am still, uh, you know, I think that he should own that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, that I do some, well. producer, some fucking producer guy should own that shit. Uh, that series specifically, with it being so much just him. It's just him, you know? And so it's it sucks that it's not him anymore. Um, We did have some questions that we wanted to get through here, right? Couple. Uh, let's see. Does JD have Ted Lasso on Plex? Yes, I do. Just go ahead and knock that (laughs) one out first. Um, I totally spaced out and forgot to make a Google Doc after we recorded the last (laughs) episode because, like I said, it's been a long week. We'll get to it at some point. Some at some point we'll be more organized with all of this. Yeah. Um. I think we've answered this one before, but it's still a good question. Uh, what's your favorite thing to make in an air fryer? Uh, we we answered this a long time ago on a um, what was it? Like a Patreon thing, I think. Uh. So the air fryer is really interesting. This was, of course, asked by somebody who recently picked up an air fryer and is is sort of coming to the um, revelation that an air fryer is nowadays. I have, uh, for the sake of making the argument, I have the what is it? The you got the the foodie right? Instant instant. I used to have a Ninja foodie. Now I but when I moved i gave that to my parents and now i have the instant pot duo crisp plus maybe it's called i can't fucking remember you got the instant pot combo pot right the instant pot with the air fryer in it um which is uh fantastic you know as people brought up the biggest thing for that is if you are a college student or something like that living in sort of limited space or like me, if you have a little tiny apartment in a wonderful location in your city Mm -hmm. and that's what you're paying for, then it's good to have something that can kind of handle all of the cooking applications if need be. And it's just great Um, for meal prepping. It's great for meal prep. Yeah. You know, Um, but I would say the biggest misnomer about the air fryer is the idea that it is any good for making French fries and it's not. Yeah. Making French fries is, that's actually one of the worst uses you can get for it because it takes three times as long. Yeah. And most times you're going to end up burning your fries because you left them in there too long because you, it's a split second of time you have. Yeah. They're not that. It, uh, <laughs> I have never found the right way to do it. I'm sure that other people have, but it, it's, um, the whole idea behind this thing is that it's not a complicated process to do stuff in it. Uh, and that is a complicated process to make it happen. It's not good for French fries. I remember even. Well, for, for French fries, of, everybody uh, was saying like, it's not necessarily the best way to do it, but it makes it slightly healthier. Sure. You know, I guess, but. They're French fries. They're not healthy. I mean, they're maybe the least healthy thing. Um, no, it's, so, that's debatable. <laughs> uh, I went, uh, I remember a couple of years ago when air fryers were kind of just like first hitting the market under that name. Uh, Alton Brown did like a, a stream where he like live streamed buying one of the, one of them and like figuring out how to use it and what he should do with it. And one of the things he did was French fries. Cause that's what people assume that they're good for. That's... And he was like, it's kind of, you know, he worked through it and he was like, this is taking way longer than it otherwise would. And they're not like, I could get them crispier in a regular oven. First of all, he was really put off by the fact that it's called an air fryer when he's like, it's a tabletop convection oven. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but you know, sort of lingo aside, he was really like, this is not what this is for. But then he did a couple of other recipes in it. And he was like, okay, yeah. I mean, that's, if you're doing that, you can do it a lot faster. And these come out a lot better than I could do in the oven reasonably. And so he did manage to sort of, by the end of it, go like, 
it's not useless. It's not a unitasker. It's not like he's like, there's a lot of applications for this, but it's not fucking French fries. No, (laughs) you can't. It's not. It doesn't. The whole thing comes to moving the air around the outside of the object. So if it's something like French fries where you kind of need to cook the inside, you're you're trying to cook the inside as well. It's just it doesn't. It's not going to work. But I will say my favorite thing to make in the air fryer uh, is uh, air fried broccoli. If you take broccoli and you toss it in um, an olive oil that you like and you add salt, pepper, and whatever kind of seasoning, it's good to get just like a ton of different seasonings for applications like this in the air fryer. You know, oh, this is a barbecue seasoning. This is blah. This is the, you know, kind of get a, a value pack of different seasonings to use for the, for these types of things. And you throw it in there until it's ready. I can't remember. I, it's been so long since I've done it. Um, that's fantastic. Um, and the other thing, if you do like sweet potato that way too, um, same basic idea, cut them up, uh, into basically home fries, um, toss them in oil and spices and, and cook them in the air fryer. They're, they're fucking great. And beyond that, in both of those cases, uh, great meals. If you're trying to lose weight, yeah, Uh, great snacks. If you're trying to lose weight, because your cooking application isn't adding that much to them. Like all of the fat that you're getting out of that is just the oil basically. And, uh, and, but it'll fill you up and it's delicious. So. Those would be my favorite things to cook in the air fryer, but the, it's surprising, a surprisingly versatile machine for a whole bunch of different things, particularly dangerously uh, prepared foods that you get uh, in bags and stuff like that. Uh, uh, chicken nuggets and stuff like that are fucking incredible. Oh yeah, that, that's mainly what I used mine for was to when I wanted to be lazy and just want some some tendies, you know, just mm-hmm. pop them in the air fryer and boom, I got dinner. Um, yeah. <laughs> besides me, you know, being a fat kid though, I did like to. To put them, do like a like, a, like enough chicken tenders that I could just chop them up and put them on um salads. You're right. So you know it worked out really well because then it's like okay, here is my lunch for the week. I'm having chicken okay. salads all week. My chicken is prepared. My salad is prepared. All I have to do is pour my dressing on here, and I'm good. Right. So um, but actual applications, I, I like making bacon in it. Um, yeah. It makes bacon fantastic. I wanted to. Ch- I never got to try it out, but before I got rid of my air fryer, but I did want to try out the um, uh, making the jerky with the air fryer, just just to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess if you could run it low enough, you could basically run it like a dehydrator. The one I had had a had an option for it, hmm. so I was I was very curious. I was like, I just, I want to try it once, but I don't have any like I don't know what what to use, and it seems expensive. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, let's see. The uh if you were an AEW wrestler, which song would you force TK to buy for your ring entrance theme song? I uh Well, it's interesting cuz the game the game uh, the game's close to coming out, right? <laughs> allegedly we ha- allegedly that's what La- we keep here last i heard is that it, it had gone gold so that means it's within six weeks hopefully if it's got if it's I, gone know, gold it's in you know that's it's six weeks of manufacturing gold they were hoping to get a teen rating right i think they did yeah and I think they ended up doing that. And I know that this last delay was because rating wise, they were not where they wanted to be, which is uh, baffling. Yeah, weird. But, uh, you know, not that weird either, though, because, you know, I'm sure the ESRB is a lot like the MPAA where like the rule there aren't actually rules. Um, Dive. And basically. Basically, anybody will tell you that. I mean, there, that was a big thing. It's also with Matt Stone and Trey Parker back in the day where they were like, oh, we put out Orgasmo and they were like, yeah, it's an X and there's nothing we can do about it. And then they were like, we put out South Park Bigger, Long R and Uncut. And they were like, here's a list of specific things you can change to make it an R. You know, <laughs> and they're like, well, OK, if that's 
it's just how it works because Paramount's backing us this time. You know, so it, it, there is a. Uh, it's very political. A real pos- a real possibility that they put it. They brought it up to the thing, and they were like, "Uh, you know, it. We'd like this to change." And if you looked at it under a microscope, you'd be like, "Well, two K can put out a game that does this exact same thing." And yeah, it's a, a, an E or whatever. Right? It's a. So, it's a very political thing. It always has been. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But God, I look, I hope this is this is to say that I I genuinely hope in my heart of hearts that the gameplay of that game is fun because the trailers look like shit. Um, the get like genuinely, I think the game looks bad. Um, you know, and I just haven't watched any I'm, of the trailers since the first one. So I'm yeah. going to be impressed no matter what. <laughs> I don't think that you will be. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm genuinely worried about what that game is going to end up being because I think I don't think it looks good, and I think specifically it doesn't look good in comparison to their direct competition, which is what they're going to be compared to. I don't think it looks like a sixty or seventy dollar AAA title. I think it looks like a thirty to twenty dollar budget title. Um, well, see, that's just is they're not I mean, even just going to get compared to their direct competition. They're going to get compared also to the indie games that have re- been released in the past like two years, right? Which uh, some of which have uh, done a much better job of all of this. Yeah, um, I'm yeah, I'm worried about it. You know, I think the roster is going to be great, uh, but man, the trailers don't look good, and I think that we've seen now leaks of what a lot of the face sculpts and stuff look like and they it's not they're not close they're, a lot of them are really pretty bad um which is super unfortunate and uh yeah i my genuine hope is that it's just a fucking blast to play and nobody cares but i'm worried i think that's a that's a tall order and I think if that was the case, the game would maybe also look really good on top. Like if that much care was being put into how much fucking fun it is to play, I feel like it would probably also look good. Uh, yeah, I personally, I think they announced it's like many things in the video game industry. I think they announced it too soon. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Um, but we'll have to see because that thing's coming out pretty soon i'm gonna it's coming out this uh, year that's all i can really say at this point right yeah you know and maybe maybe it doesn't come out pretty soon maybe it comes out in a while and maybe that it maybe it'll be better for it um but at this point i think you know it's not as if the other aew video games they've put out have given me a great deal of confidence in uh what this studio can do but this is their flagship title this is the the first one this is the big one this one needs to hit or they need to stop developing games in house, basically. So yeah. Uh, but anyways, you haven't answered the fucking question. You're right. Uh, anyway, my point to answer this question was: for years, when the WWE games would let you use your own soundtracks, because they don't now, uh, because the systems don't really have that capability anymore. Uh, I would use Fun Night by Andrew WK, which uh, was a fantastic uh, intro song. That was a brilliant, brilliant choice of like the 360 era. Yeah. Like, yeah, like legit. No, when you could. Like when you could load your own CDs in, now, although now, you know, now it's like who fucking has CDs anymore? But anymore? yeah, at the time, like that was such a good choice. That they yeah, just sick. threw away at the place, the next Sp- generation. And, and it's worth noting that Spotify runs in the background of these systems enough now. Yeah, that but it, you're you're out of your mind if you if you tell me that they can't find a find a way to just be like open this Spotify track to run this thing right. But at the same time, it's all licensed. It's, it's a licensing, licensing thing. thing. That's why they don't want to do it. Yeah. So. But man, Grand Theft Auto. I think it was Grand Theft Auto Four. Where you had your own soundtrack throughout everything, God, that was amazing. Sure, and I mean, like you can basically replicate that experience now. You can through Spotify, but it's just not but the it's same. Not the same. 
No, it's not. Um, okay, so yeah, you 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 got the. the I would use Fun Night by Andrew WK at the time. Now, I would probably use. Uh, like I'm surprised nobody uses Heart Attack American by the Bronx. Um, I'm surprised. Uh, I'm surprised that there aren't a lot more sort of notable hardcore punk in, uh, inclusions, uh, especially knowing some of those dudes. I mean, most of them um, are just at this point. It's all, and especially on TV, it's just <clears throat> in-house music for the most part. It's in-house music, and then they'll pick like surprisingly notable songs to license, like expensive songs like, to license, which is interesting. Uh, yeah, I th- I feel like I'm even looking through my my Spotify like recent played like for both of us, besides a couple exceptions, we could get like ten songs for the price of like one of the that they picked lately. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's like it's like when when and we're not just I'm not just talking like straight ska music either. I mean, like I I'm looking through like I could probably get like three Alabama songs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm sure that Kansas song is not cheap to get. No, God, where is my mind? And and uh, uh, the the Jefferson Airplane song was not difficult. Were were uh, difficult to get. Jane were difficult to get. Um, from a licensing perspective, and it seems like he, you know, he's only really down to pull those. But I'm sure fucking cult personality is not a fucking cheap buy, honestly. Oh no, that one wasn't. I remember that one wasn't a cheap buy when WWE had it. So you know, um, I don't know. Those were the songs that I that I always used. I'm just gonna go with the, the classic of uh just the riff from Master of Puppets. <laughs> I don't even need the full song, boys. I just want that opening riff. That's good. <laughs> um last one and then we'll get out of here. This is just a good question. We're just gonna keep it every week. Thank you, Badger. Uh, what was the highlight of your week, buddy? Man, uh, highlight of my two weeks. Highlight of my two weeks. I don't know. I don't know what I should say. I don't know how much I can say. Um, I went on a cool date. There you go. That's my that's my highlight of the week. There you go. Uh, you know, and uh, I don't know, man. It's a uh, it's an exciting time. You know, and uh, it, it's uh, particularly interesting to um you know to kind of uh work my way through that i'm like super new to like dating you know and meeting people under the context of dating and i find it all very um confusing and intimidating generally um but uh, you know exciting too and uh <laughs> sort of the process of weathering it is very um i wouldn't say nerve-wracking because that's what's kind of nice about dating people meeting people under the context of dating and not like dating people sort of like as they come to you from other areas of your life you know is that like the pressure is kind of off for meeting people under that context you know like if you go on a date with somebody and you find that you have no chemistry but you met them on tinder and you're just meeting up for a date to try it out you just you don't have to talk to each other again like you don't have to there's no appearances to be kept up there's you know nothing there's no continued interaction it's just like okay yeah we tried it and it didn't work you know sometimes that's how it is that's nice that there's that sort of i don't know it alleviates so much pressure from everything sure you know and it sucks uh when things don't work out the way that you want them to and every time you go on a date with anybody you want to be like yeah it worked out it was great you know and but uh but when it doesn't 
or it doesn't feel like it's working anymore, then it's just like, yeah, okay. And then you don't, you don't have to worry about it. There's so much less fallout from it. So much less pain from it, you know? Um, and it's nice and it's nice to, to meet people under the proper context and not, you know, it's nice when you meet somebody under a different context and it kind of evolves into something more personal than that to a certain extent, but it's a lo- also nice when you meet someone under the context of like, yeah, we both want to do this thing, you know, and if it doesn't work, then, then we'll go find somebody else who it will work with, you know, but, uh, but it's so much, there's an ease to it, which is really nice. What about you? What's the highlight of your week? Uh, probably just, you know, chief intern's birthday last weekend. And it was just her and I just sitting on the couch watching watching the the first Formula One race of the season, and it was just a good day, just a good yeah. day. Yeah, it's good to have good days. Yeah. Uh, there was one other question I wanted to answer before we go because we didn't answer it a few weeks ago. K Bart wanted to know the three most recent things that we purchased for our collections, uh, for various collections that we have. I guess they could just be three notable recent things. If the if the idea of are these the three most recent things is too daunting, I just don't. It's like I haven't like bought anything from my collections recently. (laughs) Um, I mean, I mean, because like I've gotten things because like I have like one collection. I have video games. I've gotten video right. games, but I haven't like purchased them because. Sure, I guess gotten would count. As well, well, it's like I have humble choice, so I got like eight games on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. The ones, the recent ones of of my collections that I can think of is um, I did get um, there's a Lego set I was I got recently. Is the I think I may have shut it off. It was the A frame cabin, which I'm really excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, that I got that. Uh, I've been, you know, it, like I've gotten a couple video games, but nothing like substantial, mm-hmm. nothing big. Because uh, I just play the same ones over and over again. Uh, I got the D- the Castlevania DLC for Dead Cells, which is yeah, fucking awesome. Uh, been playing that and you know losing time to that. Um, <laughs> uh, and then I did get a fuck race. Oh. oh yeah, I got a couple of Grant Morrison graphic novels at the used bookstore. I got three three hardcovers for twenty bucks. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, I recently. What are the three most recent records? Uh, Avril Lavigne let go 20th anniversary edition, uh, just came out. I get the remaster for this happened like mid last year, but the vinyl didn't make it to market until January. Oh yeah. I remember that. That's how fucking backed up. Yeah. The three plants that do vinyl pressing in the country. And that was a massive album too. Huge album. And uh, so uh, managed to pick that one up. Classic album. Complicated's on it. Skater Boy's on it. I'm with you's on it. Um, all uh, a fantastic remastering job. Specifically mastering in the last like five years has taken like a giant leap forward in terms of what it will do from an activation perspective um, to your setup. So uh Recent remasters are uh, fantastic. The other remaster that made it to vinyl recently that I bought is the Bronx 4. I do not know if copies of this are still available. I, Bronx vinyl typically goes pretty I quick. I doubt it. Um, but they did do it through several sites, including Brooklyn Vegan. They did it through their own. I know the ones that they sold through the Bronx site sold out very quickly. But Bronx 4 is an incredible punk rock album. And uh, the remaster on it, again, is absolutely extraordinary. Interesting to note that former Bronx drummer who played on Bronx 1 through 4, uh, Yorma, uh, 
left the Bronx after Bronx four to go and play in Eagles of death metal. Oh, that's unfortunate. Uh, uh, and has this past week left the Eagles of death metal with no new project named as of yet. This is fairly suspicious on account of Foo Fighters being in need of a drummer. Oh, weird. For the path moving forward. Uh, and um, if Yorma is the pick for Foo Fighters' new drummer, that is a wildly inspired choice. Uh, that would be a fucking incredible choice. Not just because Yorma is an unbelievable fucking rock and roll drummer but to pick somebody like so young so young sure but at the same time it's worth noting uh dave loves those fucking first four bronx records and eagles of death metal is very much like that is that is a group that is in the the periphery of Dave's sort of crew. They're very involved with um God, what's that fucking asshole's name? Josh Homie. Um uh, Josh Homie, yeah. Uh who somehow still gets booked after all he's done. Um and uh Josh Homie and Dave are are pals, you know? And so it's uh Oh man, I'm sitting back being like, God, I fucking that'd be a it'd be fucking amazing. Maybe the only, you know, because so many choices have been named. Uh, oh, they're going to go with um, Rufus Taylor or whoever. And Rufus Taylor would do a great job, too. I don't think that he wants to leave the darkness, but I think that he would leave the darkness to go and be in fucking Foo Fighters, I mean, for sure. Many, in many, many people would. I think there's very few bands on the planet that the drummer would not leave to go and be the drummer for Foo yeah, Fighters. Yeah, we're talking like, but... like Metallica. Lars is never going to right. leave. Right, but yeah, if they but, offered it to him, he would still go play a couple shows. Yeah, there. Yeah, there are a couple. Yeah, that you know, Metallica. I don't think that they could get Travis. I don't think that they could get. Oh, I mean, Trey Cool. I mean, like, that, I don't. Well, there, Travis keeps fucking hurting himself, so I don't think they want him. <laughs> sure, you know, like there's a there's a handful of artists that I uh, drummers I don't think they could get, but most of them i feel like they really could really pretty easily right uh, and yeah. and even those guys are just like we won't do it full time but i'll come do a show <laughs> <laughs> uh but if it if it ends up being yorma oh man what a fucking decision what a choice i don't i there's not a drummer on the planet i would rather see play for that band than yorma going forward and so, uh, you know, fingers crossed on that. Uh, third record I bought most recently, the Slackers reissued the question on uh, Pirates Press. And I think I, I purchased that, but it hasn't arrived yet. Um, as far as other collections go, movies wise, I um, I haven't really picked up much of anything. I want to pick up a 4K copy of Elvis. I want to pick up that new 4K Rocky collection, mostly because it includes the recut uh, on uh, physical media for the first time. Uh, and I just want to have that Rocky Four recut because. And that's actually. A, uh, oh, wait. Never mind. That's the wrong one. You want the, you want the 4K Blu rays, right? Yeah, the 4K collection they just put out has Rocky 1 through 4 and the recut. Yeah, so there's still. Okay, if you order this on Amazon, be careful because there's there's two of them. One of them yeah. is the 4K Blu-rays, which is a hundred bucks, and the other one is like 4K like DVDs. It just says 4K Ultra HD plus digital code. Right. So one of them would be 4K with Blu-ray cop Blu-ray backups, and one of them is just 4K discs. Okay. Well, that's odd because the one with the Blu-ray backups is way cheaper. <laughs> oh, okay. Then, uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Uh, that may also be an import thing as well. Could be. Which would be bizarre because uh, 4K Blu-rays are uh, uh, region-free, so the reason there'd be no reason to import them. Yeah. So the um, the 4K Ultra HD Plus Digital is on sale today for forty six bucks. Yeah, it's a good it's a good price, a especially deal. if you don't have those movies and you have a 4K player. Uh, supposedly these these 4K ups are good 4K ups, and it has the recut of four, 
which is fantastic. Um, outside of that, uh, but I haven't picked those up yet. Mostly I got to buy tickets to Vegas, you know? Oh yeah. So. I have to do that. I'm not va- not to Vegas, but I got to buy my tickets for the, <laughs> the Virginia trip for supernova, supernova, yeah. supernova. Have fun. Good luck. I went once. It was fine. Um, it's more just to hang um, out with everybody. Yeah. It's good to hang out with people. Fun to hang out with people. Um, that would be the major attraction to going for me. Yeah. Um, like the, the I, bands you know, that I, they've listed off, all of them sound great. But for me, it's just like, no, I want to go hang out with everybody. I haven't seen them. It's good to hang out with everybody. And that place where they're near is near some kind of cool stuff. You can go and see the arm grave and shit. Um, and uh, there's a handful of like cool little shops in that town and stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't know why my camera is doing that. What do you want from me? It's fine. It's fine. We're getting out of here anyway. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that uh, all of that is is uh, cool to see. Uh, there's a little milkshake shop in town that sells uh, fat Elvis milkshakes. Ooh. Um, yeah. So it's a chocolate milkshake with banana and peanut butter and bacon in it. Yeah, I'm going to have and to try that. I drank one while we were in town and then I was like, guys, we got to go back. Oh, it was And they were like, what they were like, why? And I was like, because I have to get another one of these oh, right now. Okay. I thought it was com- it was like, uh-oh. <laughs> it's hitting the colon. <laughs> yeah, no. No, I <laughs> legit fat kitted out and drank drank two of them in a row because I was like, this is so fucking good. Um, which I guess you could probably replicate with like a five guys. Yeah. But who wants to go to fucking five guys? Who wouldn't want to go? I'd want to go to five guys. Right I don't now. like five guys. Um, uh, oh, oh, okay. Uh, then we're not getting out of here yet. Tell me what the fuck is going on. The last few times I've been to five guys, it's been overly greasy to the point. Like it, like it's not an enjoyable hamburger. It's just kind of meh, and I'm paying a premium for this. Yeah, I mean it is more like, expensive. The last time sure. I went to Five Guys by myself, I got a, a, a regular cheeseburger, a, a a fry, and a drink, and it was thirty dollars. Yeah, so I'm paying a high premium for this, <laughs> and I'm not getting a premium product out of it. I'm sorry that your local Five Guys is like that. This has been multiple of them. So that's that's the more disappointing part. A dip in quality. You're you're saying a general franchise wide dip in quality. At least at least through through this through the state of the uh state of Georgia through Cobb County. (laughs) File that as an official complaint. Yeah. Uh (laughs) you fucks. All right, we're going to get the fuck out of here. Thank you so much for joining us. Once again, if you want to submit questions weekly, head to the writing category on our Discord. Our Discord can be found at seeingtheelite.com. JD, do you have anything more for these people before we go? Uh, Steam sale on Thursday, people. Oh, is that what's happening? Yeah, they're doing what they actually. Steam sale on Thursday? They released the full calendar this year because they're pieces of shit. <laughs> Fucking reviews have broke for John Wick 4. People are saying it's exceptional, uh, which I am super excited about. Uh, the demo for Resident Evil 4 is up. Da- have you, you can play, uh, there's a upgrade to the Steam Deck OS because they fixed it so that you can play the demo on your Steam Deck. They pushed <laughs> out a hot fix of the full OS. To fix that demo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I will say that I am... I don't know which way I'm going to lean on that game. It's running on RE Engine, which has a history of running pretty good on Steam Deck. RE2 is awesome on the Steam Deck. RE2 RE2 runs awesome on the Steam Deck. (sighs) 
And it'd be cool to have it on Steam Deck and have it on PC. But I also, you know, I want to play it on PlayStation 5. Oh, well, this, this, the choice is simple. You buy it on PlayStation 5 now, you wait six months, and it'll be like <laughs> 10 bucks or in a humble bundle. Right, that's true. Which is what happened to two, I think, and three? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably the call. Buy it on PlayStation 5 now, or at least when it comes out. Yeah. Comes out the same day as John Wick 4. Like, I'm going to be just right out straight. Yeah, because it's a three-hour like um, three movie. <laughs> it sure is. What the fuck? Uh, and uh, and they filmed the fourth one back-to-back uh, -back with it. So, <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get out of here. We'll be back next week with another episode of Seeing the Elite. A friendship podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Till then, go out and change the world.